0: Hello vampires and slayers. This is Mistress Ray and you're listening to What's this bitch talking about? To which the answer to that question is every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer exactly 20 years and 7 days after its original air date. (laughs) So I'm a week late. I'm a week late. But being that um, 20 years ago, this month a week ago there were 2 episodes on the same night I um, it didn't happen last week. And I warned you that it might not. But then I'm also such a ritualistic person and I'm used to doing this podcast on Saturdays that I just, um, I waited until the following Saturday. (laughs) That's just what happened. And none of y'all bitched at me. So hopefully that means that you are just totally forgiving. Cool. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to set the recorder down. So, okay. Okay. Here we are. Now, entertain us. Okay. <laughs> um so I'm not sure what I have to say. I mean, I guess I just have to start talking and see what happens because ultimately this is just this particular arc is I don't. It's almost like it takes the fun out of it to try to talk about it. You know, like the the inner villainous woman within wants to just like enjoy, sit back and enjoy Willow being evil because this is truly the most interesting she's ever been (laughs) and will ever be. Um, you know, when the side character becomes the main character, I, I actually enjoy, like, not only do I enjoy seeing Willow being a villain, Um, Of course, I don't like to see her hurt Giles and Dawn and, you know, whatever. I don't like that part, but I enjoy seeing her being a villain, having all that power. I enjoy seeing it because I know that it's, it's going to be over, you know, it's going to, it's going to be okay. Um, Particularly, I remember when this first aired, I was so into Willow being a villain. So into it. I I loved it. Um, for sure. And also, I remember... I mean, this is getting really ahead of myself here. Skipping to the end of this two-episode arc. But also, I remember back in like... I mean, obviously memorable. Memory is fallible, so, like, you know, take this with a grain of salt, of course. But when this was first airing, I remember during Villains, which was the episode before this two-episode arc at the very end, I remember saying, why doesn't... I remember saying, like, out loud, I don't know if I was watching this with someone, or maybe I was just thinking it because I usually watch the episodes by myself in the middle of the night, I remember thinking, why doesn't someone just tell Willow they love her? (sighs) Because that is the thing that no one was doing. Buffy was being the least helpful she has, like, ever been in this episode arc. Like, she was... She really had nothing to do with saving the world this time. You know, not only because it was Xander that did it, ultimately, but also she was just... She was being the worst. (laughs) She was just like willow you have to stop now you you can't do this anymore you have to stop like she wasn't um she wasn't saying anything convincing she wasn't doing anything helpful at all she was just being preachy self-righteous buffy which we're gonna see so much of in season seven um I, I'm not sure how I'm going to feel about season seven once we get there, you know, because anyway. Okay. So beginning with two to go, the episode starts with they're running away right after Willow has just killed Warren. They're, they're running away through the forest and Xander is barfy, I guess. I guess he's been stopping every once in a while while they're running to throw up And he's just in shock. Like, I can't believe this is Willow. Like, the, like, he's traumatized by what he just saw, Warren being killed. And he's reacting to just, like, you know, the sounds, the smells, you know. I I can't believe Willow caused this, you know. So I think that's, you know, I think that's, Accurate. I think that that would be something that he would be going through. Um, uh, Buffy's like, we don't have time for this. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, duh. <sighs> just like, you know, people telling people to hurry in action movies and shit. You know, it's like, we know, we know they need to hurry. But then they stop and have like really important, like, <laughs> I love you kind of conversations. It's like, you just said we needed to hurry. Anyway. So, um, Anya decides to teleport to Andrew and Jonathan, because that's, that's where Willow's headed. And, um, Buffy just starts superhero running, leaves Xander behind, because they're trying to get back to his car, and when they get back to his car, it's destroyed, because Willow has destroyed it. Um, RIP Xander's purple car. We only, we only saw you in one episode, And then a second in this episode, all destroyed. But it was cute. It was cute. So Buffy starts running. Anya teleports. We get like a scene right before she teleports to them between Andrew and Jonathan. Um, Andrew, basically, he finally admits to Jonathan that, um, he and Warren were planning to leave Andrew. We're planning to leave Jonathan behind. And Jonathan knew this the whole time. He's like, oh, you finally are admitting it, you know? Andrew still thinks that maybe Warren's going to come back for him. He's, like, checking for listening devices in his body or some bullshit. Anya shows up, and um Jonathan's like, you're going to have to spell this out for me. What's going on? Because I don't remember what she says at first, but then she just, like sums up the whole like last two episodes she's like Warren shot Buffy Warren shot Tara Buffy's alive Tara's dead Willow's coming to get the payback with interest Um, and she says a little bit more than that but it's it's amazing um, and Jonathan's like well what about Warren and Bonnie's like Warren's dead Willow killed him she bloodied up the forest doing it like ripped him apart and bloodied up the forest doing it or something like that it's just like spoiler alert I'm gonna go ahead and write this in right now I know we're supposed to give MVP of this episode arc I'm doing it as an arc the two together I'm doing the ratings two together since they were both on on the same night I know we're supposed to give MVP to Xander because he's the one that told Willow that he loved her. And he gets some points for that for sure. Like finally he steps up and like, you know, he's just been awful for so long, just pretty much forever. Finally he steps up and he does something. Um, Without telling Buffy what he's doing, either. He just disappears. And also, how did he hear that? Anyway, we'll get there. Getting ahead of myself. But, so, I know we're supposed to give it to him, but I'm giving it to Anya. Because Anya, throughout this entire arc, like, she's a vengeance demon now. And yet, she's not running away when there's an apocalypse. She's putting herself in danger to protect humans she's um helping andrew and jonathan throughout the entire arc of these episodes she's the one that stays with giles when he's dying she is the one that teleports everywhere to let people know what's going on she's the reason that they are up to date on what the fuck's happening throughout this entire arc i think she's the mvp and is that because I'm more inclined to give it to a character I like? Yes, but whatever. This is my, uh, my podcast. So I do what I want. Okay. <sighs> okay. I have to focus. <laughs> um, Willow is pulling out brick by brick of the jail the cops are just kind of like pointing guns at her and telling her to get down and she's not doing it. And they're just scared. Um, Anya spells it out for the guard in the, in the prison, like exactly what's going to happen. And she teleports right in front of them from inside the jail cell to outside of it. And she tells him there are forces that you are not prepared to deal with. You need to let them out. You're going to be safer if you let them out and he doesn't do it. And Willow just keeps pulling out brick by brick until she just like levitates up into the cell with them. Um, I don't remember how they even get out of there. Buffy, I guess. Yeah. Buffy just like bends the bars or something. We don't see it happen. Um, because by the time Willow gets there, they're already gone. Yeah. That's what, that's what happened and Andrew just keeps whining, but we didn't do anything. And Jonathan says, yes, we did. We signed on. We teamed up. We wanted to see where our plans would take us. Well, this is it. So he totally understands what's happening. And, you know, and we knew that he would, like Jonathan's been coming around for several episodes now, and they did a good job building that up. Um, So Andrew's still kind of in denial about all of this. He he doesn't understand what's happening. But anyway, we get this really like intense willow scream whenever she gets up to the jail cell and they're not there. And it's just reverberating through like the entire city. She's just screaming. Um, Xander has stolen a cop car. So they all get away. Xander, Buffy, Warren, and Jonathan or Andrew and Jonathan Warren's dead Um, and they drive away Xander's driving and Willow has commandeered a like semi-truck behind them and is just coming after them by controlling the semi-truck and Jonathan's like I'm just so confused like I've known Willow as long as you guys she used to pack her own lunch you know and she was always just Willow and then like the truck like bangs into the back of the cop car and that's when it's revealed that she's controlling this semi-truck to them and there's like a car chase situation at that point and (laughs) somebody's like what's that and Xander says just Willow um And that was good. That was, yeah, that was good. Um, Then we get like a little moment with Clem and Dawn back at Spike's Crypt because Clem is supposed to be watching Dawn and he's like reviewing chips and he's talking about, I think he's eating Doritos. He's like, I like the nacho cheese flavor. It's just the texture I can't deal with. They're so gritty. (laughs) It was cute. And then Don and Clem have a conversation where, like, Don's like, do I seem feeble and weak to you? And he's like, no. He's like, a girl, like, or something like, a girl like you shouldn't be cooped up in a crypt or something like that. And, you know, she's like, then why am I here? And Clem says, no reason that I can see. So, you know, like, he's he's giving her some validation and respect for, like, he sees that it's totally silly for Dawn to be, for Buffy to be treating Dawn like she's, you know, 12 because she's not, she's the same age that Buffy was when she got called to being a slayer, you know? Um, so Dawn convinces Clem to help her find Rack's place. Um, and then we get a mention of Spike and every time there's a mention of Spike, then we get to see what he's doing. So, We see Spike, and he's going through trials from this black light-eyed demon guy. Um, So we see him go through the first trial, which is just like a big butch dude with flaming fists is going to fight him. And he's like, oh, so this is a fight to the death scenario? Okay. And then he says, here we are now. Entertain us. (laughs) Which every time, every time I say, here we are now or someone says here we are now, I have to say entertain us because, <laughs> you know, in case you don't know, which you probably do but that's a Nirvana lyric from Smells Like Teen Spirit alright, um I am drinking a beer to get through this <laughs> um, everyone's back at the magic box now They get out of the truck driving, truck driving magic mama, as Andrew calls Willow. They get out of that scenario because Willow's kind of like, her powers are draining. So they were able to kind of get away, but get back to the magic box. And my next note is Willow rapes Rack and kills him? Question mark. we see her show up to like she has been drained she's drained her powers so she needs to get more so she steals all of Rack's powers from him and it's real violent and awful and then later you see him like hung upside down I think he's dead like I guess we're not supposed to feel bad for him because he's probably a demon so it's not Willow's not quote-unquote crossing a line with him and Buffy keeps saying throughout the episode you know shit like Willow's gonna cross a line she can't come back from didn't she already do that with Warren but I guess the real crossing a line is Andrew and Jonathan because they are actually mostly innocent you know um and at the point where she takes all of Rack's powers now, Willow, this is when we first see her with all the veins on her face. The black veins. Um, and her makeup's just real good. I don't know, I like it. I like what they're doing with, like... It almost looks like her Her lips are... It's not just black lipstick. It's, you know, it's not glamour makeup. She looks like dead, junky, goth, witch um, with the veins and the, it's like, instead of black lipstick, it's more like whenever I was a baby bat, (laughs) um, a little, a little baby goth girl in the mid to late 90s, I would, you know, I didn't necessarily, like, you could only find black lipstick at, like, Halloween time, maybe, and it was usually, like, It wasn't really black. It was just sort of like this like oily stuff that was kind of black, but it wasn't opaque or anything. You couldn't really get black unless you filled in your lips with black eyeliner. That was the way to do it. And then you had to have some kind of like gloss or something over it so that your lips didn't just dry out terribly. So it kind of looks like Her lips are lined with black eyeliner. They look really dry and crusty. And I don't know. It's just this look makes me feel nostalgic. (laughs) It really does. I like it. Anyway. Um, Then we get a conversation between Anya and Xander back at the magic box. Because Anya has, she has found like this special box of like anti-magic magic spells that's in Sumerian or something so she's working on a translation so that she can do the protection spells and he's helping? I don't know. He's just hovering. He's totally I mean the whole point of Xander's character arc in these two episodes is that he feels completely useless and ineffectual in the beginning throughout most of it and then suddenly he realizes he just needs to tell Willow that he loves her and everything is good from then on whatever so at this point he's kind of talking to Anya and something about um, Anya says to Xander something about like Willow's gone off the deep end she doesn't care if you live or die or something like that and Anya's like well now you have something in common and Anya's like I care if you live or die Xander I just don't know which I want yet Which is just great. And then she just kind of lays into him, but not not in an unkind way. She just sort of tells him exactly what she feels, you know? Because that's that's how Anya is. She expresses herself. She is clear. She's, oh, I just love her so much. I just love her so much. (laughs) Anyway... So Xander is trying to ask her like, if things get really bad, are you going to turn on me or something like that? And so he says, he starts to say, if things get really bad and she interrupts him and says, let me guess you'll propose. (laughs) Yes, Anya. Yes. He deserved that. Um, and then Xander brings up Spike again, like the vengeance of Spike of her having sex with Spike or whatever. And, she interrupts him again. And she says, that wasn't vengeance. It was solace. And like, I, I think about that all the time, actually, because I think that's one of the only times that I've ever even seen a pop culture thing, TV movies, whatever, where someone uses the word solace. I mean it's such a simple effective word that people just don't use. And it just completely shuts them down too. Because if you use the word solace in any conversation, hot tip, it will shut people the fuck down. <laughs> Cuz like sometimes they'll be like, "What? What's that word?" <laughs> um it's just so good and she she just she expresses herself so well in this conversation. She looks so good. I mean, I think I already gave her outfit of the episode in the last episode. I mean, I would have had to have because everybody's wearing the same outfits in the last three episodes of the season. So, um, she just, she looks great with the Peter Pan collar and her necklace, which you know is her Labradorite, her vengeance demon Labradorite, (laughs) you know it. (laughs) Um, anyway, (sighs) Okay. I just, I just love Anya so much. Anyway, um, then, okay, so Dawn has gotten Clem to help her find Rack's place because only, like, a person with supernatural, only a demon can sense where this place is for some reason, and so Clem helps her find it. He's very reluctant because he's just, you know, he's a staying inside doing taste tests on Doritos kind of guy, you know? (laughs) He's not really about the adventure shit, um but he also is very sweet. So he takes her. And, um, so Dawn has gotten to Rack's place because she thinks she can like get information out of him about where Willow is or something like that, I guess. Um, she wants to take charge. Um, and it's really cool. Actually. I'm, I I don't think I've ever been so much on Dawn's side as I am this time watching through the episodes. Like, I used to think she was so annoying and now I'm just like totally in for Dawn. You know, I am. So they make it to Rack's place. Um, they find Rack has, is like hanging from the ceiling or whatever, but Willow's still in the room. So I guess the entire time they're standing in that room, Rack is just hanging upside down from the ceiling. I didn't even think about that until just now, (laughs) but I guess that's probably true. So, They get there, they find Rack, dead, presumably, and then Willow comes out of the shadows, and so we get, like, a Willow versus Dawn moment, where Dawn is actually, like, for a second almost getting through to Willow, because she's not being a fucking jackhammer like Buffy is with her. She's saying to her, like, oh my god, you know, she's saying things like, I miss Tara. I miss Tara, too you know and for a second she almost gets through to her but then willow starts threatening to like turn her back into a ball of energy dawn turn dawn back into a ball of energy since that's what she was before the monks turned her into a girl you know that whole thing and so she just starts scaring the shit out of dawn essentially and then buffy shows up and then it's the three of them um and buffy just starts being a jackhammer again like saying that, like, there's too much to fight for, and blah, blah, blah. And then Willow says, this is your pitch? You hate it here as much as I do. You know, you. the only time you were ever at peace was when you were dead, you know? And she's making good points. <laughs> and as she's talking, she transports all three of them in a really cool shot, too, like where the room's spinning around, and Willow's doing this whole speech, and then suddenly they're in the magic box. She has transported them to the magic box. And it's really disorienting for Dawn and Buffy. And they kind of, like, collapse on the floor. And Willow starts coming after Andrew and Jonathan. Because they're everybody's together in the magic box now. And then you see... Anya hiding behind like a curtain. She's holding like the book of Sumerian or whatever. But why? I don't know. I guess she needs the book as part of the spell. But and she's chanting. She keeps saying Dureme Chanimay, Du Or something like that. <laughs> I almost wrote it down. Dure me Chanimay, Du me Or something. Yeah. Anyway, she keeps chanting. It's it's at least a consistent chant even though I'm sure the words are made up. And so she's Willow keeps trying to, like, you know, do magic on Andrew and Jonathan, and it's not working, so it's just an an anti-magic spell is keeping her from doing magic on anyone. Then somebody, I guess somebody mentioned Spike, because my next note is, we see Spike fighting Butch Firefist Guy, and he kills him, breaks his neck, and then there's another trial, um... And we just see that there's like, you know, something else he's going to have to fight. Like you've passed the first test or whatever. Then we get like a little Buffy versus Willow moment because Willow, she's like, okay, well I can't do magic on anyone else. She says, that's an effective counterspell, but just because I can't do magic on you doesn't mean I can't do it on myself. So then she does some kind of magic on herself to make her super strong So then she's able to physically fight Buffy. And I don't know if we were supposed to think, Ooh, cool, Buffy and Willow are finally going to fight. I don't know. I think the fight choreography in Buffy, the show, is just not good and it never has been, you know? no shade against the fight choreographers and the stunt coordinators and all that shit because I'm sure they were doing the best that they could with the time and the money that they were allotted I'm sure they weren't paid super well and I'm sure they weren't given a lot of time to make things cool you know and being that it's a TV show back in the day whatever TV shows had to be on a very strict time and money budget you know, they weren't able to make it as cool as, like, if Buffy were redone today, the fight choreography would be fucking cool. And the score would be cool. There would be a lot of other things that would probably not hold up for me, just because I'm used to the original. But, (laughs) um, yeah. I, I just, you know, whenever fight shit is happening in Buffy... I just I just kind of tune out until it's over most of the time. <laughs> I mean, every once in a while, you get, like, a cool moment. But it just doesn't happen often enough, you know? It's just... Anyway. So, Buffy versus Willow. And they're completely destroying the magic box. Which I hate. I hate to see it. <laughs> I really do. Um, th- there's a little moment where Xander is getting... Um, Dawn, Andrew and Jonathan, and like, I think Buffy has told him like, get them out of here or something like that. And so he's about to like, everybody that's listening to Buffy in this episode arc is just like not doing what they need to be doing. Like Xander is completely ineffectual throughout because he doesn't even try to talk to Willow at all. Until the very end, we get no interplay. Like, he's not trying to talk to her at all. He's just in complete shock that she's doing all this shit, really. Anyway, I think this is really the, possibly the only time that we see Buffy being consistently ineffectual in this particular arc. Like, most of... We are so used to seeing her, her instincts be totally right and people ignore her. And she always saves the day, but this is a case where she doesn't. You know, it's, it's interesting actually to think about it that I never thought about it that way, but man, she's just so ineffectual. (laughs) And, um, so anyway, there's this interplay. So he's getting ready to... Xander's about to, like, take everyone out of there. And he, like, goes to, like, get Anya to take her with him. And she says no. She's going to stay because she has to keep chanting in order to, like, keep this anti-magic protection spell going. And she does that. Like, that is the most self-sacrificing behavior that we have seen from Anya ever and this is at a point where the motivation has nothing to do with Xander because they're not together anymore and she's literally gone back to being a vengeance demon and she's still choosing to stay and protect a couple of little human beings that she doesn't give a shit about like hello Anya does not get enough credit man okay So, and then we get this quote from Willow, like, as Buffy and Willow are about to square off and, like, fight each other, Willow says, oh, Buffy, you really need to have every square inch of your ass kicked, (laughs) and I love it, what can I say, (laughs) I love it, (laughs) anyway, it's like, it, it almost, Sounds like I don't like Buffy as a character right now, but that's not true. I do like her as a character. I just don't like all that sanctimonious moral superiority bullshit that she does, which means from now on, probably throughout the entirety of season seven, there's going to be a lot of me bitching about Buffy, (laughs) the character. Um, Because that's going to be a lot of what she does but anyway. Um, okay. Find Anya out for her. Okay. Oh, Andrew and Jonathan both have grabbed swords off the wall at some point and they, they have it throughout the rest of the episode pretty much. Um, there's a moment where like Xander obviously doesn't know where he's taking them. He's just, he's so in shock and he's so confused and he is not, Again, he's just ineffectual. That's it's the entire point of his arc in these episodes. He's ineffectual right now. He doesn't know what he's doing. And at one point, Andrew, like, puts his sword to Xander's throat and starts threatening him. And then Jonathan puts his sword to Andrew's throat. So, like, Jonathan is making it known that he is, you know... He is on the side of good, essentially, is what he's doing. And he is stronger than Andrew. So ultimately, he stronger of will than Andrew. So ultimately, Jonathan's more of a leader than Andrew, you know? So that was the point of that little scenario. Um... My next note is Willow finds Anya out for her spell, so she eventually sees Anya because Anya's just been kind of hiding in a corner or something this whole time, and as Willow and Buffy are destroying the entire magic box with their fighting, she finally, like, sees Anya doing the spell, and Anya just, like, terrified. You can tell that she's terrified. Emma Caulfield is a really good actor. You can tell that she's terrified but she continues chanting while looking Willow in the eye and Willow is able to like knock Anya out. So as soon as she does that, um, Willow's able to do magic again. Um, I wonder why, I mean, later when Will, when Anya wakes up, excuse me, she could have just like continued doing that spell just like resumed doing the spell that would have been nice but she doesn't try to do that it's like as soon as she gets interrupted and knocked out that's it i mean fine whatever so let's see willow okay this is the very end of the two to go episode so the first of the two episodes she says There's no one in the world that has the power to stop me now. And then Giles shows up and he says, I'd like to test that theory. And it's like, it was just the best moment ever, you know, to see Giles show up. It's like, yes, finally, finally, we're going to get some relief. We're going to get, you know, someone saving the day. Come on. Buffy is just like not helping at all. Okay. So let's take a little breather for a moment. I'm going to pause and then we'll start talking about grave. So Willow says beginning of episode two that we're talking about tonight, grave. She says, uh, oh, daddy's home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when she says buckle up Rupert okay so this is like okay I, I'm, I'm jumping ahead that was my next note but like he is able to like out magic her for a second and then she is able to adjust to his magic and he's trying to keep her down but she gets back up And she says, you remember the last time, you remember before you left, you called me a rank, arrogant, amateur? Well, buckle up, Rupert, because I've turned pro. And while she says that, I mean, as far as like 2002 special effects slash like digital CGI, whatever, this still looks pretty good because as soon as she says, I've turned pro, you know, like they're doing this layering thing with her voice where they're like, they have several different versions of her voice at different octaves, like layered over each other. And it sounds so cool, I think. But like, as soon as she says, I've turned pro, it's like super dark. And, and then her eyes, she is, like her eyes get bigger and blacker and like a you know, whole lightning there's this whole purple lightning effect thing going on throughout all of her magic shit it's good like lots of goosebumpy villainous wo- woman <sighs> moments because <laughs> that's my thing like ever since seeing Carrie at the age of like 12 I've been into villainous women and I've never turned back So, buckle up, Rupert, because I've turned pro. (laughs) I just love that. Anyway, here's where we get a much-needed break in all of the trauma and action and all of that stuff. We get, like, a whole act, the first act of... I, I don't know if I'm using that term correctly, but I think it's the whole first act of this second episode, this last episode of season six, where, like... Giles has shown up. He does this spell to kind of banish Willow. It's like this ring of energy that kind of like holds her in a stasis so she can't do anything. He's able to do that and keep her contained for who knows, half an hour? I don't know. So he's able to keep her contained for a while and that gives Buffy and Giles a chance to kind of catch up we get this whole cute scene where like Buffy's so happy to see him that she hugs him and then Anya comes up and she like starts talking about her hair or something and she really wants to be a part of the hug and he's like you know he understands and then there's this cute little moment where Anya and Buffy are both hugging Giles and it's just the best and then we get the conversation between Buffy and Giles they they go back to like the like training room, which I don't even know if we've seen Buffy in that room since Giles left. It's like, she hasn't been training as a Slayer at all since he left, which that's probably actually what we're supposed to think now that I think about it, because like the last conversation we really saw between the two of them was in that room when he was telling her he was leaving he was going back to England. And so they have this whole conversation. Giles says, I came as soon as I heard. And Buffy's like, Council? And Giles's like, Council haven't a clue about much of anything, I'm afraid. And then he explains that there is a coven in Devon, which is close to um, London. Um, or like a suburb of London or something. I don't know. I think excuse me burpee I'm drinking beer um so he says that there is a coven they like could sense that there was a very dark power coming up in Sunnydale and he had really hoped that it wasn't Willow but then one of the seers in the coven was able to see that Tara had died And so he knew what was up and he, they gave, they imbued him with all of their powers. And then he came here. Don't you just want to see that whole thing go down? Don't you just want to see like Giles, just like, you know, being a part of a coven and they know what's happening. And they like, you know, help him. Don't you just want to see that? I want the, like, what was going on with Giles miniseries. You know what I mean? I'll probably never get that, but wouldn't that be great? Anyway. So he explains all of that, that they gave him all of their powers so that he could come help and he teleported there so he could help. Um, and then Buffy tells Giles... Everything, And she says it in very succinct terms. You know, like, Don's a klepto now. Willow is doing magic. Um, and Giles sort of says, like, obviously Willow's abusing magic or something like that. And, like, Xander left Anya at the altar. And then, you know. <laughs> and it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. She She's like, I've been sleeping with Spike. And Giles is like, at first he's like really like, he gets sort of this stern, shocked look on his face whenever Buffy's telling him all of these things. And then he just starts laughing. And it's just like hysterical laughter. And then Buffy joins in. We get this little scene with Willow. She is like, um, I forgot the term telepathy. I guess is it telepathy when you can talk to someone else in their mind? Right? Yes, I think. So she starts talking to Anya in her mind and she's able to kind of control her a little bit and get her to help Free Willow. So we see a little conversation between the two of them. Then we go back to Giles and Buffy and they're still laughing. And Buffy's sort of explaining the whole situation of normal again, whenever she th- thought that she was in a mental health facility, that whole thing. And Giles is like, of course, why did we see it? You know? Um, and Buffy, uh, Giles says, will you ever forgive me? I shouldn't have left you. And that is really good to hear, you know, because I was mad at him when he left because I understand why he thought he needed to go, but it just, it wasn't right. It really wasn't. He was abandoning her at a time that she really fucking needed him. And Buffy says, no, you were right to leave. We're just stupid. And Giles says, I know you're all stupid. And then she laughs and he's like, I should never have abandoned you. So it's nice to hear him say that, you know, <laughs> As my surrogate TV dad, it's nice to hear Giles say, I never should have abandoned you, because he did abandon us. He abandoned all of us. Like, things were never as dark as when Giles was absent from this show. It's just truth, right there. Um, I don't know, like, Giles and Buffy are talking about Willow, like, He's like the the governor trying to figure out a way to extract her powers without killing her, but you should know that she might never be the same. She might not be as she was. And then Willow comes into the room. She has incapacitated Anya. She's knocked out. Like so many people get knocked out in this episode. <laughs> um and she's like, Willow doesn't live here anymore. <laughs> course i'm sure that was a commercial break um xander okay so we're getting like xander andrew jonathan don they're like walking around town trying to figure out where the fuck they're gonna go to try to hide out from willow and you know they're like where are we going maybe we should go back and fight don don is like maybe we should go back try to help she wants to get in there and do something you know and um Xander says or Dawn says something like Spike would. Spike would go back and fight. And Xander says, yeah, if he wasn't too busy trying to rape your sister. So there's that. I don't even have anything to say to that. Like that's not the time, Xander. And also, like, he keeps, like, bringing it up to different people. Or not really, I guess. He just brought it up to Buffy in the last episode. But he keeps bringing it up, but he wasn't really willing to do anything to defend Buffy at the time. I know I'm belaboring the point. I keep coming back to that. I'll move on. So, of course, they mention Spike. So then we get a moment where we see... Spike has um he has endured the second test. We see like two demon heads or something. Like we don't really see Spike doing much of the fighting. Um but we see that he has endured the second test and then Spike's like you know lots of language like he's been having the last few episodes like I'm going to give that bitch what's coming to her and blah blah blah. Actually in this episode I don't think he calls her a bitch in these two episodes. I don't think he actually calls her a bitch in these two episodes, although he did in the last one and the one before that. Um, he just says, I'm going to give Buffy what's come. I'm going to give the Slayer what's coming to her or something like that. And then we see that there's a third test and it has something to do with CGI bugs crawling all over Spike's face and into his nostrils and into his eye sockets and shit, whatever that was just a little moment to see that he's still there. He's still doing whatever it is that he's doing with the black light eyed demon guy. Okay. So then we're back. Total destruction of the magic box. Uh, Willow picks up this like ball of fire from the floor and it's just like, hanging. it's like hovering over her hand. And she's like, I don't actually need to be in the same place as Jonathan and the other guy. Like I can kill them from anywhere like, you should probably save them. And then she, like, hurls the ball of fire and Buffy just goes running. Because at this point, it's just Willow versus Giles. Um, and it's awful to see him. Like, I hate seeing, like... I mean, it's not like Anthony Stewart Head is that old at this point. Like, he's probably only in his, like, late 40s or something at the at the recording of this. But... I just, I just hate it. I just hate it. I don't want to see Giles, like, physically compromised, you know? I just don't want to see it. So she sends off the ball of fire. Buffy starts running after it. So it's just Giles and Willow alone in the magic box because Anya is, like, still knocked out somewhere, you know? We don't even see her for a while. Um... And then she's just torturing Giles, and it's awful. But um, Giles has, like, one final spell that he does on her, and then she is kind of knocked back. And she then she steals all the magic from Giles. And she they have, like, this whole moment where it looks like she's... She's having a rush from all the drugs of the magic, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And then she like sits down and she's like, I feel so connected to everything. It's like, it's like no mortal person has ever had this much power before. And I can feel everyone. I can feel everything. It's too much. You know, this whole thing. And then she stands up and she's like, oh, you poor bastards. And it's that whole layering voice effect thing again. Your suffering has to end. And then she just, like, disappears in a transportation dark cloud of purple thunder and tornado. (laughs) And she transports out of there. We see, okay, so, like, the ball of fire has arrived in the middle of the cemetery where Xander's trying to like kick in the door of a crypt or something to hide out in, I guess. And, um, the ball of fire shows up and somehow it makes a giant hole in the ground and Buffy and Dawn fall into it. And Xander hits his head on a tombstone and he's knocked out. And then Xander and Jonathan decide that they should just run. Jonathan's like, Mexico, huh? And then they just run off so that's the end of Jonathan and Xander being in this episode, although we get a little moment of them later on at the very end um so Buffy and Dawn fall into the hole in the cemetery um Anya's, Anya's woken back up again, she finds Giles like in the rubble, it's like morning now And she finds Giles and she's like, I'm so sorry. Willow forced me to free her with her mind and all this shit. And so she gets caught up on everything that's going on. And Giles tells her that he's dying and that Willow's going to end the world and all this shit. Like he, because she stole all of his magic, I guess he's sort of connected to her so he can see what she's doing. So we get like some exposition about what Willow is doing through giles talking to anya throughout the rest of the episode um and he says she's gonna finish it the world so there you go um don in the hole confronts buffy about the attempted rape she brings up spike on purpose so that she can confront her about that and buffy's like i was trying to protect you that's why she didn't tell her and don makes some great points in this conversation. She's like, look, you, you, Buffy says, I'm trying to protect you. And Don says, well, you can't, <laughs> you can't protect me. Willow's killing people. Everyone around me is dying. I, you know, you can't protect me. Like, I don't know if she's essentially, but I don't think if she says this literally, but essentially she's saying you're the fucking slayer and I'm your little sister. You can't fucking protect me. I'm going to be in the middle of this bullshit. You can't protect me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And she's just so brave and cool. Like I've never thought Don was so cool as I think this time. I just think Don is cool. Anyway, um, Xander wakes up from his head injury and, um, Buffy's like, get a rope or something, find something to get us out of here. And Xander starts looking around, but then he abandons them. But, okay, so here's where Anya transports to Buffy and Dawn. Like, I guess she can find where they are. And suddenly she's like, oh God, where am I? <laughs> I'm like underground. Okay. And she tells them what's going on. She says that um, Giles could see what was going on, what Willow's doing. Willow's going to end the world. She's going to Kingman's Bluff. She's going to unearth some old satanic temple that got buried in an earthquake in 1932 or something. She's like, 70 years later. So, hey, 90 years later now. 1932 was 90 years ago, guys. Nine zero. <laughs> Crazy, right? I've been thinking lately, like, I'm starting to feel old, and I've been thinking about, like, you know, you spend most, I mean, if you live, like, the typical, I don't know, 78 to 98 years of a human lifetime, if you make it that long, you are old for way more of your life than you were ever young, you know? (sighs) that's crazy you know like we have thought of giles as an old man since he was in his like mid to late 40s and he's still around (laughs) you know like patrick stewart was like probably in his 40s whenever he got famous in next generation anyway it's just me reckoning with feeling older I mean, you spend so much more of your life feeling old than feeling young, right? Or you don't even feel young when you're young because you don't know any different. (laughs) Anyway, um, uh, where are we? So Anya explains that she's going to unearth the satanic temple, some shit about Proserpexa, which I think is just a slightly different version. Like of the name Pandora or Persephone? I feel like there was an alternate name of Persephone that was also Proserpexa. Maybe not. Whatever. Anyway, Satanic Temple. Anya has the scoop because Giles told her. And so she's saying all this shit to Dawn and Buffy underground. And I guess we're supposed to think that Xander overhears all of this because he's just gone and later he's caught up with willow so whatever i guess i just it doesn't make sense to me that he would overhear that but okay whatever and anya says to them no magic or supernatural force can stop her is a quote from giles and yeah so then Buffy has this whole speech of like, I have to try. I have to try to get out of here. Cause Don's like, well, you heard what Anya said. Like you're not going to be able to, because I guess Giles had said specifically the slayer can't stop her. And, um, then Anya's like, I should get back to him. He's alone. And then we get the idea that he's dying and all of this shit. And Anya's just so sweet. She's so sweet. I love her so much. Anyway, then Buffy has this whole speech. Like, she's like, I'm still going to try to get out of here. I'm not going to let her ruin everything that I've chosen to protect. So I thought that was an interesting thing to note because in the past, we always hear from Buffy saying that she was chosen that she would like to just be a girl, but she can't because she was chosen to be a slayer. This is the first time I feel like I, I might be wrong, but this is the first time I think that she has ever conceptualized it as what I've chosen to protect. It's like now she's taking ownership of being a slayer in a different way. Maybe. And then Willow steps in with her, like, you know, mind talking again. Why can't I think of that word? Telepathically communicating. Yes. She steps in with telepathically communicating with Buffy. She's like, yeah, you're a warrior. Warrior, You want to fight. You should go out fighting. So she distracts Buffy with, she makes, she t- like conjures up some kind of earth demons that come out of the roots of the earth. To fight Buffy and Dawn and this leads to a really cool moment where Buffy says I can't do this on my own Dawn will you help me and she hands her one of the because the two swords that Andrew and Jonathan had had fallen into the hole earlier so she hands Dawn one of the swords and it's this whole moment where, like, she's passing the torch to Dawn, and Dawn chooses, well, of course, she's going to choose to help, because she want. she's been wanting to fight, she's been wanting to help this whole time, so finally, Buffy's letting her in, and it's a great moment, it really is. Um, Okay, then we get, Xander catches up to Willow, she's doing that whole thing where she's funneling all of her, her magical energy into the satanic temple that she's unearthed from the whatever the sand and he shows up and he says hey black eyed girl what you doing (laughs) Um, then we go back to Dawn and Buffy and we get to see Dawn's first kill and it was a badass little moment where she kills one of the like root earth demon guys and Buffy sees it and she's in awe And Dawn's like, what? You think I've never watched you? (laughs) She does this whole, like, somersault thing and then she kills the demon and decapitates him or whatever. It's cute. It's a good moment. It's a good moment. Okay. And then Xander says the thing that no one has said to Willow so far. Not just I love you, but he starts the conversation with, I know you're in pain. I can't imagine the pain you're in. That's what she's needed to hear this whole time. Like people acting like they know what she's going through is not helping her. But someone admitting, I have no idea how much this must hurt. I'm so sorry, you know, and it gets to her pretty much immediately. Just Xander fucking communicating with her at all. Is super effective because he hasn't, he hasn't said a fucking word to her in several episodes, you know, but him just being there with her and empathizing with her is all she needed. That's it. That's all she needed. No one was doing it. No one was empathizing with her except kind of Dawn, but not enough. And then, you know, of course he does the whole thing where he tells her he loves her over and over and she's like, she's kind of attacking him, but she's not really willing to put him in too much danger because she loves him too much. The connection between Xander and Willow is, has existed since before we knew any of these characters. So it makes sense that he would be able to get through to her. It really does. And I'm fine with this plot point. Despite the fact that most of the time I hate Xander's guts. Um, Giles tells Anya, Xander saved us all. And he has this whole like explanation about like the, I knew that she would take the rest of my magic. And it's, it's a pure source of magic. It's not coming, coming from rage and power, like the magic that she has So it was able to tap into the last spark of humanity that Willow had left. And that meant that Xander could reach her all this bullshit, whatever, fine. Um, and Anya's like, Xander did that, you know, whatever. And then we get Buffy and Willow again after, you know, everything stops. Buffy's like, she starts crying and Dawn's like, oh, She's like, the world's not going to end. And then Buffy's crying. And she's like, I'm sorry to disappoint you. And she's like, wait, is that happy crying? And Buffy's like, of course it is. You think I wanted the world to end? And Dawn's like, didn't you? And it's, you know, it's, this is a conversation that needs to happen. You know, because Buffy's finally done being depressed. Finally. And... This is the moment where she truly crosses over back into life again, you know, and she tells Dawn, I'm so sorry, you know, and she hugs Dawn and Dawn's like, it's going to be okay. And Buffy's like, it hasn't been though. It hasn't been okay, but it's going to be, I see it. And then Dawn's like, see what? And Buffy says, you. And then she has this little speech about like, I want to see you grow up. I want to see the woman you're going to become because she's going to be beautiful and she's going to be powerful. And it's just the best, you know? Oh, it's the best. It's such a good moment. And it's too bad, like, we get a little bit of follow through on this in the beginning of season seven, but not much. They they come in with, like, the, the whole arc of, like, from beneath you it devours all that shit. They come in with all that shit real fucking quick in season seven. And we don't really get to see enough of this sort of character development with Dawn and this sweet moment, like, this promise of, like... I am a slayer. You're my little sister. I'm going to teach you. Like, cause she says she has this whole speech. Like, I don't want to protect you from the world. I want to show it to you. And so we get like this whole promise that like, she's going to be teaching Dawn the ropes. Like Dawn's going to become a fucking fighter, even though she's not going to have slayer powers, blah, 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 you know? And that's really, we it's not really followed through. Unfortunately, we'll get there. Um, but this speech is really, really fucking sweet and I love it. We get this little moment of seeing what, this is when the Sarah McLachlan comes in (laughs) as Buffy and Dawn are crawling out of this hole. Apparently they can do so now. I don't know, whatever. But they crawl out of the hole. And of course it's a metaphor that like, at the end of the season, Buffy's crawling out of a grave. Again, just like she did at the beginning, but this time she wants to live this time. She's crawling out of that grave with Dawn and she's helping her out and she wants to live, you know, and Sarah McLachlan comes in with Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. (laughs) And you just start crying immediately. If you're me, um, two seasons of Buffy end with Sarah McLachlan because we get full of grace in season three season three two two is it two yeah because three is graduation day and it's not that one the end of season two we get full of grace man I need to rewatch season two anyway um and then here we get the, it's like the prayer of St. Francis or whatever that is, it's, it's like a hymn that Sarah McLachlan covers. Anyway, so good. Sarah McLachlan, MVP forever. Okay. <laughs> and then we get like this tiny little scene between Jonathan and Andrew. They're in a truck and like a truck driver is like, looking at him all like Ugh. and we're, I don't know, it's gross it's gross, it's stupid, whatever but we're just supposed to see that they're headed out of town, right and then we get a scene with Spike, he has endured the final trial and I don't know, he's just laying on the ground, like I guess all of the CGI bugs entered into him and he pooped them out I don't know, I don't know what his last trial was but it had something to do with CGI bugs So he's laying on the ground, and the black light-eyed demon guy comes up, and he is like, You've endured the trials. We will return your soul. So the entire season ends with Spike getting his soul. And I get it. They did that for dramatic effect. But I just think, like, whatever. Anyway, so what are my ratings? (laughs) Let's see. Object of the episode. You know, I'm gonna say the binding spell. Either the anti-magic protection spell that Anya does, or the binding spell that Giles did on Willow that, like, put her in that ring of, like, containment. I want to be able to do that to somebody. (laughs) I want that. I want that binding spell. That is my object of the episode. Outfit of the episode, like, no one was wearing anything interesting in this episode. It was the same as the other episodes. Like, Anya got, I already gave it to Anya in the last episode, and this was the same outfit she was wearing throughout this episode. She's the only one that looked good in this entire arc. The only one that looked good there wasn't even any like there weren't even any like extras or anything in this whole arc of these two episodes it was just the core cast and then we saw I mean obviously Andrew and Jonathan also but and we saw Rack and we saw like someone in like a drugged out haze in Rack's place and Clem but that was it and blacklight-eyed demon guy, of course, whenever we were catching up a spike. But that was it. I feel a little tipsy, guys. I hope I'm not slurring. But that's what happens when you drink a whole beer after midnight. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, quote of the episode... Well, shit. What was that? Quote of the episode. I think it was, like, just referring to when Andrew referred to Willow as truck-driving magic mama. I think that's the quote. (laughs) Okay, I have to write it down. Truck-driving-magic-mama. (laughs) and then five by five for this whole arc of these two episodes together I mean, it was pretty good it was pretty good Buffy wasn't being much of a superhero in these two episodes but the speech the Sarah McLachlan Giles showing up you know, a A big bad being defeated with love. I mean, come on. It's, it's good times. I'm going to give this episode a four out of five. That is actually pretty high praise from me. Sure. These two episodes get a four out of five. Okay. So now it's time for some business shit, guys. Okay. Hold on. Let me check my calendar. Okay. September 24th is the next time we will be talking about an episode of Buffy. So, season seven, episode one, Lessons, is September 24th. So, that's a while from now. That's like June, July, August, September, four months from now. As per usual, I... Okay, so, Plans for the Summer, as far as, like, this podcast is concerned... Y'all know I'm pretty inconsistent in the summers, but I do need to catch up on Angel. I have like the whole second half of season three of Angel to catch up on. So at the very least, there will be an episode of me talking about, like, say I sit down and binge watch the last half of season three of Angel and then record a podcast for you guys talking about it. At the very least, there will be one episode between now and September 24th. Hopefully, it won't be quite that dismal. Hopefully, I will update you guys more often than that. I do enjoy doing, like, summers of movies. Like, doing, you know, movies 20 years later. So, movies that came out in 2002 is what I would be focusing on this summer. But I haven't thought about that yet. So, we'll see. Summer is, like the busy time for me at the library so no promises and there you go but overall season six it is my favorite season of Buffy because they really went there with when it comes to depression and I think it had season six had more to say about adulthood than any other season of Buffy. And it's intense, and it was a lot, and I'm glad to be done talking about it in a critical manner. Um, but, yeah, okay. So, I'm excited to talk about season seven, though. <laughs> Even though it's not the best season. But, Yeah, anyway, thanks for coming with me on this journey, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, I couldn't do this, I wouldn't do this, if no one was listening. Like, it's it's not very many people listening. (laughs) Let's be real. (laughs) But there are a few of you. And whoever you are, wherever you are, I really appreciate you. Because... I wouldn't be doing this if no one was listening and I really appreciate it. So thank you so much. Y'all are the best. I will be back at some point to talk about season three of Angel. <laughs> um, at some point, it might be a month from now. It might be a week from now. It might be two months from now. Who knows? But please know that I'm around. If you, for some reason, will miss the sound of my voice over the course of the summer there are many other places you can find it i have a youtube channel called mixtress ray m-i-x-t-r-e-s-s-r-a-e and i update my youtube channel like this week i updated it like three times but usually it's like the average is like once every two weeks i put up a video and then i also have a patreon Um, at any level of giving, even if, even if it's just a dollar a month, um, you gain access to, I have monthly tarot readings that I do for my patrons and I also have weekly sort of catch up. It's like a podcast where I just talk about my fucking life and all my existential crises and shit like that. And, um, that is, of course, the link is in the description And yeah, so I have that little weekly podcast thing that I do and my monthly readings for my patrons. And I also have my YouTube channel. And also if you want a tarot reading from me, all you have to do is go to mixtressray.com and click on tarot readings and all of my readings are there. So I can give you personal, a personal conversation (laughs) even though it's not really a conversation because it's pre-recorded, but it will just be for you. If you want to pay me for that, (laughs) pay me for tarot readings. I, yeah, it's really fun. I love doing all, I love doing all that stuff. I love all of my silly little hobbies that I have. Um, so I'll be taking a little break from this one, but I'll still be doing all the other things. Um, so hang out with me over there if you want If not, hopefully I will be back in this format before the end of the summer. Okay, bye!